Hey there, K-First. I am so excited to be with you today. As Pastor Dave mentioned, my name is Lisa Marsak, and it is my honor to be a part of this series, Her Voice. And you know, when Dave extended the opportunity for me to come and be a part of this series, I was really excited because I was gonna get to be on location with you all. I was gonna get to meet you face to face and interact with you. And of course, some things have happened since then and we've had to become flexible. And actually I'm really excited about that because now I'm not just being invited to your church, I'm being invited into your homes via whatever device it is that you're watching from. And so thank you for having me in your home today. You could be watching in your pajamas. You could be making a meal for your kids. You could be watching from your favorite chair with your favorite cup of coffee. You could be watching well after this even initial airs, but it is truly just a special privilege and honor to be able to be the one who gets to share with you today. So thank you so much. You know, K-First, I know that you know this, but I want you to know that I know it and I want to verbalize it and say it. You are a blessed church. I've been to your church before. I've interacted with your staff, but I know your pastors. Dave and Anne are incredible friends of my husband and mine, and we love them dearly. And when I say you're blessed, I mean it. You have been blessed with the best of the best. We have seen their lives over the course of 30 years. We have seen the fruit of their lives, and it is good. And you're just, you're blessed because of them. And so, Type in there for me something that you are blessed about, something you love about Pastor Dave, Pastor Ann. I think it would be an awesome boost to their spirit today. But they are genuine. They are authentic. They are wise. As a matter of fact, I've been listening to your Soul Therapy series. It has been fantastic. It is so good, good stuff. And they are true shepherds. Every time my husband and I have a chance to interact with Dave and Anne, to reconnect with them, they are always talking about you. Their heart and mind beats for Kalamazoo, for Portage, for your church, for your area, for your families. And so I just want you to know you have been given the best of the best. And Dave and Anne, I just want to take a minute to look into the camera and say to you, thank you. Dave, specifically to you, thank you. Thank you for being a champion for all voices. Thank you for seeing, for validating, and for celebrating God's call upon his girls. And I believe that there is going to be incredible fruit from this series. I believe there's going to be an incredible fruit that rises up and is produced out of the women in your church because of it. Just thank you for honoring all voices. This moment truly is a gift. When Dave asked me to be a part of this series, I'm going to be honest, I was pretty excited. <laughs> and let me just kind of picture it for you because the only way I can picture it is through the description of like a kindergartner who's been given the chance to be the line leader for the day. Do you know which kid I'm talking about? Picture it in your mind. Yeah, that one. The one that's like bouncing up there in their chairs, like, oh, me, me, you know, and their arms shooting up and down. That was me on the other end of the phone when Dave called me and offered me the opportunity. And inside, my heart was beating this resounding yes. I mean, it was about to come out of my mouth when your wise pastor says, you know, so go ahead, take some time and pray about it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll be chill. Um, sure, Dave, yes, I will pray about it. But I will tell you what, I was so thankful when God gave me the green light to come and to speak to you today. Sometimes, church, 
our yeses come easy. They are a heart pounding, resounding yes. And then other times they're not so easy and they come with a whole lot of hesitancy behind them. Let me give you an example, personal story of mine. My, my husband and I started uh, a church. We helped plant it with a group of people. One of the things that we did at the very onset of planning the church was we instituted 21 days of prayer and fasting, obviously at the beginning of every year. Lots of churches do it. It's been super awesome for our church to be a part of that, to really zone in and hone in on God during those 21 days at the beginning of the year. Well, up until this point, I hadn't really been great at fasting. And so I was like, I wanna learn from this. I wanna discipline myself. So I began with food, I'm gonna learn. I did sweets and meats. I did partial fast. I did a Daniel fast. I even did a small absolute fast where it was nothing but water. If it had to do with food, I was doing it, right? So I remember one particular year that the calendar is about to turn and the pastor announces to the staff, he says, hey, it's coming up, so be prepared, know what you're gonna fast. So I get some time with God and I'm like, okay, God, you let me know what type of food fast are we doing this year because I'm your girl, God. I'm ready, I'm willing, and I'm able. And I'm telling you, I can remember like it was yesterday that God was like, who said anything about food? jaw drop, right? And immediately there was this impression in my spirit that I was to get up every day at 5 a.m. for 40 days straight to pray. <sighs> my friends, it was like shock and awe. And unlike the heart pounding, resounding yes that I had to come and be here in this moment with you, that yes had a whole lot of hesitancy behind it because this girl is not a morning person. And I knew that 40 days of that was going to be painful. Ah, but Kay first, I say all that to say this. This morning, I believe that God has a word for you today. And it's entitled this, a fresh yes. You can go ahead, you could type that in the comment section too. Let's get it in our systems, a fresh Yes. And I'm going to hit you up with the big idea right here at the beginning because I really want you to be mulling it over as we continue. And it's going to come to you in the form of a question. Are you willing to give God a fresh yes? Let me say it one more time. Are you willing to give God a fresh yes? Recently, I celebrated a birthday and I was really spoiled, to be perfectly honest. I had all kinds of people texting me or sending me little messages on social media to wish me a happy birthday. And a couple people actually got me presents. And one of those presents was a bouquet of chocolate covered strawberries. I was like, kids, back off. Those are mine. And I mean, I was joking, but I wasn't joking. But I did share, just so you know, I'm a good mom. I did share a couple with them. However, the thing about an edible arrangement, a package of chocolate-covered strawberries is, is that not all chocolate-covered strawberries are created equal. And I learned that because as I began to dig into these sweet treats, one of those chocolate-covered strawberries that was perfectly dipped and sprinkled and arranged and packaged was not as fresh as the rest, if you get what I'm saying. And today, I believe that the Lord can show us that there are ways that we can tell if our yes that we're offering Him is fresh. 
And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. We are going to look at the life of Abraham in a very specific moment in his life where he demonstrated a fresh yes. Now it says here, sometime later, and for those of you who might be new to the Bible, I want to give you some context so that we can all be on the same page as we continue because you might be thinking, well, sometime later from what? But at this moment in time, we find Abraham about halfway through his life, right? And from the first time he said yes to following God all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, he's gone through a lot of life with God. There have been some ups, some downs, some hills, some valleys, right? But in the very beginning, God had made a promise to him. He said, I am going to make you into a great nation, despite the fact that he and his wife were barren. But Abraham believes more life happens, more ups and downs. God comes back to him again and says, trust me, I'm going to give you a child. However, 25 long years, let me say that again, 25 long years pass before the child of promise arrives on the scene. But this is where we find Abraham. The child has been born, and Abraham has been living now in the fulfillment of his life's greatest dream. So let's keep going. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of those mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. And then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. And the first thing we see is this, that his yes was displayed by being yielded to God. The very thing that God was asking of Abraham seemed unreasonable. And it was absolutely contradictory to the plan, right? To become a great nation. Yet we find Abraham responding to God with immediate obedience. And he doesn't resist God, but he surrenders to him. And just like those chocolate covered strawberries, like I talked about earlier, we can sometimes appear to be yielded when in reality, we might be resisting God, even if it's ever so slightly. There was a season when I had struggled with some headaches and I had been going to my chiropractor pretty religiously, just trying to get a hold of them, but they were getting worse. And I remember explaining to the chiropractor saying, man, like it's just so bad. And, and he said, well, I think that there's some bones in here that are locked up. And so I'm gonna have to use a special technique for you to get, make this better. And I was like, okay, I'm all for it. Till he told me what it was called. He jokingly said, ah, oh, it's called the head popper. And as soon as he said it, I laughed out loud, but on the inside, I think I kind of began to tense up. But he gets me in position on the table when all of a sudden he says, Lisa, you gotta relax. And I was like, well, of course I am. I mean, I'm laying here, I'm not, I'm relaxed. And he says, no, you're not. And with my head and neck in his hands, he could tell that I was tense. 
Now, anybody else who had been walking down the hall might have looked in and said, no, she's completely, you know, relaxed in his hands, but he knew better. And so he kind of grabbed me by the head a little bit tighter and he looked down at me and he said, if you trust me, I can help you, but you've got to relax. And the reality was, is that he needed me to be pliable so that he could fix my problem. And my friends, I think that often we think we're pliable. We think we are yielded to God, but then he presents us with an opportunity to see if that's true. And maybe he asks us to forgive the person who's wounded us. And even at the very mention of their name, we're kind of like, uh, you know, or he brings the opportunity of a neighbor. You know, the one, the long talking neighbor, and you had plans for your day. And as this person approaches, you're like, those plans are going straight out the window. And you begin to resent what could be a divine opportunity and a God moment for you because you're just like, oh, man, I'm not ready for the interruption, right? I think that sometimes we can convince ourselves we are surrendered and we are yielded. We sing songs like, I surrender all in the four walls of the church. But I promise you, my friends, your yes will always be tested outside of the church. Our yeses will always be tested. And the starting point of every fresh yes is to be yielded to God, to be yielded to his voice, to his will, to his way. It's a heart that is postured before him. It's pliable in God's loving hands. The second way we can see that Abraham's yes was fresh was because he was expectant of God. We actually see it by what he says because we hear it first. When you look at verses five and eight, there's two comments that Abraham makes that give us a clue into where his faith was at, his expectancy level. In verse five, it says that they spot the place that they're supposed to go. And Abraham is with his two servants and his son, and they're heading that way. And he stops and he looks at the servants and he says, you stay here because the boy and I, we're going to go worship and then we're going to come back. I don't think that Abraham was saying that to cover up what he knew he was about to do. I honestly believe that Abraham was sure that both of them would come back. And then we see again in verse eight, Abraham has a response to his son, Isaac. Can you only imagine? They're going up the hill and Isaac's carrying the wood. And he looks at his dad and he's like, you know, um, we've got the wood and we've got the fire, but dad, we're missing the lamb. And without hesitancy, Abraham looks at him and says, God will provide for himself the lamb. Whew. My friends, there's no way you can say that without being expectant of God. But how do you do that? How do you have expectancy of God in a moment when you're faced with something that's challenging or unique? Well, you can't have your eyes on yourself. You have to have your eyes on God. And I believe that's exactly what Abraham did. He didn't have his eyes on himself. He didn't have his eyes on his own ability or his own provision, but he had his eyes on his God. His God had been faithful to him before. He knew his God would be faithful to him now. And the point here isn't that Abraham was perfect, that he never questioned God, that he never doubted. The point here was that 
For Abraham to step out in obedience, he could not look through the lens of his own inadequacies or his own sufficiencies, but he had to look through the lens of his God's ability. My friends, if you ask me for $5, I can immediately say yes, because I know I have that on hand. If you ask me to babysit your kids for a weekend, I might have to check the calendar, but I'm pretty sure you got a quick yes coming out of me because I know I can do that. I can handle that. If you ask me to build you a deck, flat out, instant, no. <laughs> and that's funny because I have access to every tool known to man. My garage looks like a mini Home Depot because my husband insists on working smarter, not harder. So we own it all. But even though we have all of the tools, I do not have any of the wisdom. I do not have any of the experience to be able to do that for you. And so my response to you in all three of those situations is a reflection of what I have, right? And when we think about what God is calling us to, if we look at what we have, we might be hesitant in response. But when we look at these situations through who he is, that if he called us to it, he's going to see us through it, then we can offer God a fresh yes. And can I be honest with you? This is often where I get myself tripped up because God will present me with this opportunity to do something and I'll feel like it's, it's bigger than me or it's something I've never experienced and I'm having to step out and I'm nervous and I'm afraid because I'm thinking about my inadequacies. I'm thinking about all of the things I don't have to make that happen. I have my eyes on myself instead of on God. And my friends, if we want to have a fresh yes, we've got to start being expectant of him that if he's asked us to it, he will see us through it. The final way that we can see if our yes is fresh is actually through a question. And here's your question. Am I willing to sacrifice for him? And we see this in the life of Abraham, don't we? Abraham was willing to give back to God what God had so graciously given to him. Verse 9 says that Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain. They use the wood to build an altar. Abraham binds up his son and then he lays him down. He willingly laid down what was most valuable to him for his God. My friends, Abraham's yes came at a cost. And every fresh yes, we're going to have to lay something down. There is sacrifice involved. Because if God calls us to forgive those who've wounded us, then we have to lay down revenge. If God calls us to love our enemies, we have to lay down hate. If he calls us to live with open-handed generosity, then we have to lay down greed. When he calls us to make disciples, we have to lay down our own agendas. And when he calls us to himself, my friends, you and I, we lay down. We become the sacrifice 
We become that living sacrifice that the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We become the sacrifice. And here they are on this mountain. And God is ever-present. And God witnesses Abraham's fresh yes. That Abraham was yielded to him. That Abraham was expectant of him. And that Abraham was willing to sacrifice for him. But yet with knife in hand, Abraham goes to do what seems unthinkable. And all of a sudden, an angel says, stop, stop. And Abraham looks up and there in the thicket is a ram caught. And he knows that God has provided the way of escape. And he takes the ram and he offers it to the Lord. And after that moment of obedience, the angel speaks again. And I think we can pretty much sum it up this way. Abraham, because you were willing, your life will be a blessing. Because you were willing. It says there, it says, I saw what you did and I will surely bless you. And my friends, that's why I want to pose the question to you again. Are you willing to give God a fresh yes? So there was that time when God called me to get up every day for 40 days at 5 a.m. to fast and pray. And it's not quite the same thing as offering up a child. I get that. But a yes is a yes, whether it's big or it's small. And I remember the first day that I got up, I was tired. And I remember I was dedicated, like I was convinced, I have to do this. I am committed to this. I am giving God this 40, these 40 days. And so I, I tried to pray and I, I found myself starting to fall asleep. So I got up and I began to to pace while I prayed because it was the only way to keep myself awake. And one day went by and two days went by and my husband, who is a morning person, would get up with me because it was easy for him. And he would kind of giggle off in the corner because he, I was like making like a trench in our living room from the amount of times that I was circling, but I was committed to doing it. And do you know what God did with that simple yes? He spoke to me over and over and over. Actually, it was a season in my life when the voice of the Lord has never been more clear. And he would give me names of people that I needed to pray for and situations that I needed to cover in prayer. And he would even show me how to pray for it. And it was electrifying. And eventually got to the point where I was pacing because I was so excited about how God was using this prayer time. Well, in one of those days, God dropped a very unique word in my heart for a particular friend. And it was one of those words that was so unique that I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to share this with her. I'm probably going to look silly if I do. But I just couldn't shake the fact that she needed to know that God spoke to me while I was praying for her. So I sent her an email. I typed it out and I said, I want you to know that I've been praying and that I just think God has a word for you. And I shared it with her. Well, little did I know that that was exactly what she needed. What didn't make sense to me made complete sense to her. As a matter of fact, the phrase that had kind of perplexed me that I didn't quite understand, 
was the title of a book that she had been reading that had been sitting on her desk, the book that was recently challenging her, that God was using to stir her to a fresh yes. And my friends, I want you to know that if you are willing to give God your yes, your life will be a blessing. And I know that right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I know that we are in the middle of national upheaval and you might be thinking God has his hands full and he's certainly not thinking just about me. But I want you to know that he is. Two years ago, Dave thought of this series, Holy Spirit put it on his heart. And then nine months ago, he began looking for women to speak, to be here in this moment, to give you a word. And three weeks, only three weeks after Dave approached me, God dropped this word in my heart for you. And so I don't know what God has been stirring in you. I don't know what he's been calling you to. But whether it's big or whether it's small, he's asking, would you give me a fresh Yes. It could be as simple as sending a text. It could be something as large as opening your home up to adoption, right? Maybe foster care. It could be starting a business. It could be closing a business. But wherever God has you, however he's stirring you, would you take time to have him do a self-check upon you and say, am I giving you a fresh yes? Holy Spirit, am I yielded or do I just think I'm yielded? Am I expectant? Do my words focus on you rather than on me? And am I willing to give up whatever it takes to see you have a yes, God? And so my friends, I wanna pray for you today because I believe that God has this word for all of you, but there might be one. One who is questioning maybe even whether he or she should step out into ministry, who feels called. And I want you to know that if God is calling you to it, he's going to see you through it. Be willing to offer him your fresh yes. So I'm going to pray for you. God, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of busyness, God, this is a moment when your eyes are zeroed in on the one. And I pray today, God, for the one that is listening, that Lord, if you are stirring them to something, would you help them to say yes? Would you help them, God, to be willing And I pray, God, that you would help them to be yielded and pliable before you. I pray, God, that you would help them to think back on all the times you've seen them through before, God, and that they can put their expectation and their hope in you. And I pray, God, that nothing would be too great of a cost to lay something down for you, God, that we would be willing to sacrifice for you. And God, I know that you will be faithful to your word that says that because you are willing, if you are willing, I can make your life a blessing. I ask you to do it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.